0: If you don't change the team, I'm not coming. It's your Yahoo Sports daily podcast for September 20th, 2019. But first, sports. A new basketball season is just around the corner. And when it starts, the focus from Raptors fans will be on the games and the wins and the losses. Instead of the summer we spent thinking about and talking about Kawhi Leonard. But first, Arash Markazi had a great column yesterday in the Los Angeles Times giving an awesome behind the scene look at the Clippers' successful courtship of Kawhi. Doc Rivers basically lays out the entire story. It's, it's full of some really, really cool Kawhi being kawhi too. If you're somebody out there who really enjoys making fun of the Lakers, by the way, it's probably even better because it's a lot of making fun of the Lakers. But no matter who you cheer for, it's interesting stuff. You remember Wednesday's episode on this show, I talked to Marshawn Lynch, and we talked about how Kawhi harnesses the power of silence perfectly. and He uses it to rise above media narratives, and he, he really knows how to play that game. And that's true. But there's also a second benefit to staying silent, and that's when Kawhi talks, people listen. According to the column, Kawhi came into his meeting with the Clippers at Doc's house in Malibu. The Lakers <laughs> had to meet him in a hotel, by the way. Excellent. And he said to the Clippers, he said... I love the things you do and what you stand for, but your team is not good enough. And if you don't change the team, I'm not coming. That is that. But the Clippers, like you would in that situation, pulled out a list of names of guys that they think would fit with Kawhi Leonard. And he pointed to Paul George, and that was it. End of discussion. No more questions. Kawhi wants Paul George, so find a way to make it happen. Awesome. Just like incredible stuff. Now, apparently at noon on the day the Paul George trade happened, if you remember, this happened in the middle of the night. So at noon that day, apparently the deal between the Clippers and Thunder was off. Lawrence Frank called Rivers and said, it looks like he's either going back to Toronto or to the Lakers. And if you're a Raptors fan, man, it's hard not to think like, oh, maybe it was that close. I mean, who knows if he picks the Lakers anyway in that spot, but geez. Who's to say he doesn't sign a deal with an option for one more year and do this all over again next year? Run it back with another championship team in a league without a true superpower? No Clay Thompson, no KD waiting in the wings for revenge? Irrelevant. But it's hard not to think about. There are lots of other good stuff in the article, like the admission that sending Steve Ballmer to Toronto to watch games was weird. Yeah, no kidding. Rivers said, There's nothing wrong with what we were doing, but sending Ballmer to sit courtside in Toronto seemed a little strange. We didn't say a word. We just wanted Kawhi to know we were there and we're interested. Rivers eventually got fined, if you remember, for calling Kawhi Michael Jordan on the air, basically, not basically, literally. But they won the long game, and ultimately it doesn't amount to a ton. But it is a fun look at what it was really like with the crowd in Toronto playing a little side role there in the massive show all about Kawhi's affection. And today's guest knows all about the athlete life. He knows all about traveling around. He's all knows all about Toronto crowds as well. Roy Wood Jr., stand-up comedian, currently in Toronto at the JFL 42 Festival, absolutely crushed a show last night at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. He's also a regular on The Daily Show as a correspondent, and a lot of his sketches on The Daily Show are sports-related, which is something that is very hard to do, and you don't see it done really well very often, but Roy Wood Jr. finds a way. He's also a fan of the Chicago Cubs and Miami Dolphins, and anybody who cheers for teams like that needs to have a sense of humor and a lot of patience. This is a country that prides itself on, let's be honest, mostly sad sack sport teams, even in the middle of our championship summer with the Raptors. What message can a Cubs fan give to somebody like a Maple Leafs fan that has waited five decades for a taste of glory? Don't give up. When it happens,
1: oh, it's going to taste so good. This is when I found out, though, I was just a Cubs fan and not a diehard Cubs fan I was at game seven when they won the championship Jeez. and I saw Cubs fans in the I was in the outfield and there were people like calling their family members crying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there was a story about the guy who went to his father's grave to listen to game seven with his father yeah which it's intense all right <laughs> listen my dad's dead he was a Bears fan <laughs> I'll just I'll swing by and let you know what happened and maybe <laughs> I'll get the NFL app and play back the shortened version <laughs> but I'm not gonna sit at the grave so yeah it was it was exhilarating and I think that makes it all the more rewarding don't go jumping ship because the Canucks did whatever the hell and don't go jumping ship. Because you want to oh the Ottawa, ooh the Senators, ooh <laughs>
0: that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know, just go
1: to your blood rival. There's there's a reward in that because I was a Cubs fan all the way back in the '80s, you know, as a child. And for me, growing up in Alabama, it just boiled down to that's what came on television. Right. I fell in love with them because that's what was on TV. The Braves were on TV too, but the Braves came on at night, and my father wouldn't give up the remote.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, um, you played uh, in front of Canadian audiences as, as a comedian. What's your yes. impression of of Canadian? Like, how are they different than an American audience? Is there a difference?
1: Smarter, and y'all shut up and wait for the punchline before you get angry. <laughs> Unlike America, where they get mad at the premise. Like, we're in a point in comedy now where people boo the premise, right? And that's where I'm like, all right, settle down. Like, the moment you say the buzzword or whatever it is someone in the crowd just immediately decides this is a topic they don't even want. I don't even respect you as a professional to even think that you could thread the needle and land a punchline. I will boo you now preemptively yeah, before you even, and I I just think that's wrong, but I don't see or hear about that ever happening in Canada. You all are polite. Even if you don't like the joke, someone will just sit and stare. I did what I thought was a great Trudeau brown face joke on television earlier today and got stared at by the host. And I was fine. But at no point did she reprimand me. Like in America, they were, now, come on, Roy. We don't do that, Roy. We don't do Come on now. It was just, no, she stared at me, made me feel stupid for trying it. And then I have to go reconsider my job. And that's how I get better. Right? It's by staring, not by someone yelling and walking out.
0: Now similar but different what's the impression of Canadian audiences as sports fans cuz we we got into some hot water with the whole Duran injury thing that didn't go and when the Blue Days were in the playoffs uh <clears throat> throwing beer at babies I you know what I
1: I I didn't mind it I thought it was very Philadelphia mm. of you guys to really start Taking some ownership, it gives you an identity to be a jerk. Nobody likes polite fans. You want to be passionate. And, of course, you want to have some level of consideration. But Canada is so far on the other side of nice, like to the point where we almost don't respect you competitively. Right, yeah. We don't respect you. But that's a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, for us. we don't respect your Like I would show I, – I give you. I give you a perfect example. I went to a Phillies-Cubs game in Philly – And I sat for 20 minutes in the car debating whether or not to wear my Cubs jersey. Just do I want to fight today? Where am I sitting? You know what? If I want to wear my jersey, I should sit in an expensive seat so that no one will fight. But I really want to sit in the outfield because that's a better view. Oh, my God. I've never had that issue going to Rogers to see yeah, the Jays. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I wear my Cubs shit to the Rogers, and they're not even playing the Cubs. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, what Cubs up in here, baby? So you know what? Sometimes you got to clap when a man tears his Achilles. You know, that's just <laughs> that's how the game goes. Just just to get you back to zero. Yeah, for sure. And then niceen it up again. Yeah, uh, I do think that the perception of Canadian crowds is definitely that. But I will say, and forgive me for getting the – for forgetting the gentleman's name, who goes to all of the raptor games, sits down there baseline. Nah, yeah, And everybody loves him. Like super fan. that and he's so nice. Yeah, he's amazing. So nice. when you think about the type of super fans that we have in America, like we had firefighter Ed to <laughs> the New York Jets, <laughs> yeah. you know, who's a retired fireman who just wears a fire helmet to the game and just <laughs> leads on cheers. He's, you can tell he's punched somebody before. <laughs> yeah. He's been punched. That was part of why he stopped going to the games. Really? Because he supported Marge Sanchez when he was totally ass for the Jets. And yeah. he decided to stand up for Sanchez. And other
0: Jets fans started attacking him.
1: <laughs> no Raptors fan has ever attacked No. Like, and they never will. Yeah. Because you're kind.
0: We do have uh, some guy that – we have one Raptors super fan that can be polarizing. Drake sits courtside. Makes a lot of noise.
1: And people don't like him, and that's good. That's good. Drake is annoying. He's a pest when he's sitting in those seats. And that's what a good, bad fan does. It gives somebody on the other side of the fan, all of the Warrior fans, yeah, Drake, shut yeah. up. Bucks too. Yeah, so that's, that's a good rapport, and I think what Drake is doing is helping the fan base toughen up a little bit.
0: Now, I'm always trying to push, I'm always trying to like pitch stuff and and try to mix comedy with sports. You do it very well. It's hard. It is very hard. You do it uh, very well. You do it with the Daily Show very regularly. How do we like how do you do that? How do you find those What's the key I guess to to mixing those two arts?
1: You don't choose a side in the argument, you present a new side to the argument. Like that's what I at least that's what I try to do mm-hmm. with sports, you know, the argument is whether or not Kaepernick should play for a team because all the quarterbacks are falling right now. Right. And in, in the NFL. All right. Should he play? Should he not play? When the bigger argument is, should the Dolphins still be an NFL team? <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. the bigger and, and we start, and you know, and I was trying to do something. And it's difficult because our political cycle and our news cycle moves so fast that the level of research required to make a good comedic sports segment, you blink and, you know, you're totally. on to five other things in, in the media. But I really want to look at the statistics for the Miami Dolphins, points scored, yards, all that all that shit, and compare it to every other college in the state of Florida and nominate that the Miami Dolphins become a four-year university just for a little <laughs> while, yeah. just for a little while. <laughs>
0: It's like relegation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like football. It's soccer. Yeah, you didn't do too well. We got to sing it down to the lower league. Just a few more things before I send you on your way this Friday morning. Off the top of the show, of course, I talked about Kawhi and the Clippers and the blatant tampering that happened during the season. The NBA apparently is going to vote on issuing a $10 million fine and a whole bunch of other really expensive anti-tampering measures. For fans, it was super exciting to have that flurry of off-season activity, the second that free agency opened and have the entire league rearranged, but apparently people in power did not enjoy it nearly as much. Some scary news for the Toronto Blue Jays. Bo Bichette got hit in the helmet with a pitch last night and was removed from the game for precautionary concussion testing. He told staff he was feeling symptoms. He's going to be reevaluated in New York later today. That is, quite frankly, absolutely brutal. And hopefully he comes away with this with as few ill effects as possible. Concussions, as we know, are scary. The things can linger. It can take time. It's very hard to come back from those sometimes. And, And Bichette is one of the brightest young players in the game, not to mention a super vital piece of the Blue Jays' future. Only nine games left in the season, so, you know, if he doesn't play again... It's hopefully for the betterment of his health and not a bigger issue. And the Ottawa Senators locked up Thomas Chabot to an eight-year, $64 million extension. The 22-year-old defenseman is sticking with the sense. Chabot was the 18th overall pick in the 2015 draft. He made the All-Star game last season, and he had career highs with 14 goals, 41 assists. That's 55 points if you're doing the math. Senators fans and people who like to read about hockey, we can all rejoice that there's one less player out there to constantly worry about reaching RFA status and dangling around at the last minute and arguing over whether he'll sign or not. Shabbat to the Senators. That is it for today, and that's all for the first week of But First Sports. Thank you all sincerely for coming along and tuning in this week. Now go out there and enjoy your weekend. I will talk to you on Monday.